from the host that brought you to Coding Westworld. And Westworld the Recapables. Comes the Ringer Prestige TV podcast on Westworld. I'm Joanna Robinson. I'm Danny Heifetz. And I'm David Shoemaker. Welcome to Westworld Season 4 and the Prestige TV podcast feed, where we're going to break down every episode of Westworld Season 4. Every Monday, the day after the show comes out on the Prestige TV podcast feed. Wherever you get your podcasts, but get them on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to keep your ride or die alive. From supercharges, brakes, exhaust kits, and more, 122 million parts. eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford, or its affiliates. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck, and it is the 4th of July. Well, it's like the 5th of July, but still, 5th of July just sounds weird to say. <laughs> also because you ring. just said filth of July. <laughs> Which represents this country aptly, so well done. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We wanted to do fireworks for the 4th of July this year because I feel like every year, especially around this time, we talk about like boom-bust guys, Mm. and there's obviously they can boom or bust, and we're like, you know what? The bust thing is just a huge downer. This is what everyone's talking about in early July. Everyone's talking about, everyone gathers around the water cooler talking about fantasy 2022, and they're like, who's going to take off? Who's going to explode? And that's what we're here to tell you today. So we're just going booms. It's fireworks. It's the guys that could just go off this year. So we're going to just like, yeah, it's like the Seinfeld episode. We're going to like yada, 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 all the bad stuff away. And we're just going to focus on what if they just explode? It's like when the Rams had traded, if we did this last year, it would have been like, okay, what's the best possible outcome for Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup? And we probably still would have fallen a little short of last year. But like, that's the <laughs> idea. We're trying to find the Stafford Cooper Cup thing of like, what's the best possible outcome for this person? What's the boom? Where do we want to start? I think we only have one quarterback on this list, and that's where I think we should start because I, I do think it is fascinating and 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 really has a ton of boomer bust potential. Okay, I yeah, maybe the, maybe the widest variation of of any player on this list, in fact, because you know quarterback is such a hard position. We don't even actually know a hundred percent if he's going to start. I think we, we do. So it's Trey sure. Lance for the 49ers. Yeah, and I think a Trey Lance. I think of what was the movie that got Seth Rogen. I was going to say sued by North Korea, but it was like worse than the that. The interview? The interview. And they're like, <laughs> baby, sued you're Buckner. a work. Sorry, I'm telling you. <laughs> but uh, Trey Lance is, which I don't know if it's accurate or not. We're trying to shoehorn him in, but it feels like Lamar Jackson three or four years ago mm-hmm. when we were basically like, well, you could take Lamar Jackson like 110th and he could just be the best quarterback. And then he was. Yeah. And Trey Lance kind of has the same vibes this year because we can talk about all this stuff, but here's the thing. He's going to play. He's the starter. Like, I understand we have to nod to Jimmy GB on the team. Trey Lance is the starter for this team. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going back to the Niners. No. So I almost kind of want to put that to bed. It's this uncertainty because it hasn't happened yet, 
The Niners are not playing Jimmy G in week one. It is Trey Lance. Can we, like, agree on this? Yes. I mean, I think so. Yeah, because Kyle Shanahan even said, like, they're going to trade him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, we're going to so, trade him at some point. There's perceived ambiguity right now at quarterback. There's no ambiguity. Jimmy G will be somewhere else. Trey Lance is the starter. So let's get that out of the way. All right. As long as we're in this dumb world of fantasy football scoring, where 10 rushing yards are equal to 25 passing yards, and two rushing touchdowns are worth three passing touchdowns, Rushing quarterbacks will be disproportionately valuable. The Niners got Trey Lance to be mobile Jimmy Garoppolo. He's 6'4". He's, I'm not going to say he's as fast as Lamar Jackson, but he's way faster than the average quarterback. And I feel like the Niners, I, I mean, what Shanahan is going to be able to do with the Niners after he had Robert Griffin, who had like, mm. what, 800 plus rushing yards, seven touchdowns in a rookie season. I think that Kyle Shanahan, with like almost a decade a decade of experience since then, knowing specifically what he wants Trey Lance to do, it's not crazy to say Trey Lance could easily be the number one or number two quarterback in the entire league this year in fantasy. Yeah, I mean he's got that kind of upside, and it, it like you said, it all comes down to comes down to the rushing and the rushing volume. I mean, if you look at a few of his starts, he was always running the ball. I mean, in particular, the Week Five game where he had 16 rushes for 89 yards. Like, you extrapolate that over a season, and you have potential to be the top overall quarterback. He basically um, averaged 12 carries a game. Yeah, he had 31 rushes in three games as a starter. And if that yeah. keeps up, that's 170 rushes in a season. And, and no matter how good he is at throwing the football, it doesn't matter if he runs 170 times. And it's a loophole. He's, a, he's two players in one. This is what we talk about. Christian McCaffrey just catching so many passes. He's like a receiver and a running back in one player. Trey Lance would be a running back and a quarterback. Now, here's the key point. I can't stress this enough. You're not any good. <laughs> like, he's not good. I don't think What's Trey Lance that? will be good. He was pretty terrible last year. And I have two thoughts on that. One, it doesn't matter because we just want him to run. And two, I'm kind of, well, there's actually three points. Two, he was terrible, but also he was supposed to be a developmental quarterback, right? Like, I, I, I don't want to He was always going to be. Yeah. The developmental guy is bad in year one. Well, we knew he was going to be bad in year one. So we kind of have to throw it out. And then three, he literally hurt his finger. And he had to relearn how to throw a football just to play because Jimmy Garoppolo was also hurt. So he had to grip the football differently than he's gripped it his whole life. So passing-wise, we almost have to take that out. Let me Can be clear here. I don't think Trey Lance is going to be that good this year. Do you no, guys? I, don't. I, I think he could be a top five fantasy. I mean, look at Jalen Hurts. Do I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a Hall of Famer? No. Is he going to bring the Eagles to the Super Bowl? No. Do I think Jalen Hurts could be a top five quarterback this year in fantasy? Yeah. And I kind of feel the same <laughs> way about Trey Lance. Yeah. This is where it goes back to where Heifetz is like, we don't even really want him to be that good of a passer because we want him to be throwing. Um, and people still have question marks about Lamar Jackson, too. And it, it's like all these rushing quarterbacks kind of fit into, um, I think, a similar category in terms of like people's perception. Oh, they're running quarterbacks. They're not very good at passing, even though Lamar Jackson is like head and shoulders better than um, like Hertz and probably at this point in their career, Trey Lance. Um can we go back one second to Heifetz's uh, impression of Happy Gilmore, the Happy Gilmore quote there? Because that was I didn't do it just very well. Not only are you tone deaf, you're quote deaf. <laughs> I, that's Craig, yeah, you got to save him here. And There's do it. just one problem, Trey. You aren't any good. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, so with yeah, that said, yeah, yeah. Because we're just talking about firework here, and it's the same. We're trying to chase that Lamar Jackson season, where if you get a quarterback like that, you kind of have a, you know, go around the board, collect two hundred dollars, free trip to the championship Seriously. game, fifty fifty shot to win your league. So with that upside, where do you guys rank Trey Lance? Because weirdly, if you're looking at like the average outcome, he's like what twentieth, fifteenth. But you're factoring in the lottery upside. Quarterback is so deep. We've got Josh Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Kyler, Lamar Jackson's top five. 
Then you got Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. That's six through ten. I basically then you got Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, Derek Hart. Like at what point do you just say screw it? I don't want a safe guy. I want I, I want Trey Lance. Like what? When do you take him as your backup quarterback? Basically, I'm taking him over Aaron Rodgers straight up. Yeah, just chasing the upside. I think right around that QB 11, 12, 13 range, uh, I would I would rather have him. I mean, there, there's other guys that have, you know, there's like Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, these other guys with the rushing upsides. But like once you get past Burrow, Russell Wilson, and Brady, we're talking about Stafford, Rodgers, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. Like I want Trey Lance over all of those guys. You could you could convince me that I want him over Tom Brady. You so guys you laugh reach. at me, but this is do I do fundamentally think fantasy's flawed when we're talking about Trey Lance over Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford. <laughs> I do think the rushing upside thing is dumb, but we, this is the, the scoring we have to do. So with that said, you're probably right. I mean, especially with once Jimmy's traded and we don't even have to think about Trey being the week one starter. I don't know, DK, do you want Matthew Stafford or Trey Lance? As stupid as that is to say out loud. Um, I'm still probably taking Stafford, but it is to the point where it's kind of close now. And, and that t- tells you a lot about Lance's upside. Um, I think the thing that kind of keeps keeps Lance above guys like Fields, above guys like, um, I don't know, you know, Trevor Lawrence, whoever, some of these guys that are sort of in the second, third tier quarterbacks um, is the Shanahan effect and what he's done in the past for quarterbacks and the way he's been able to give these guys like insanely high yards per attempt. Um, The 49ers have a very good skill group that can do a lot of yards after the catch. Like they could take some of the pressure off of Trey Lance. Um, that's, I think, what really pushes him above some of these other like high upside type quarterbacks that were going into into year two. So um, he's like the perfect. Uh, he is the perfect QB two, but I think his ADP is going to be so high because there's going to be so much hype going in once he is officially named the starter. Once Jimmy G gets gets traded, like you're not going to be able to get him as your QB two eventually. Probably people are going to be like pushing his ADP up. Again, I think competence at quarterback this year, if you're in a one quarterback league, is very easy because Derek Carr is going to be like the 13th, 14th quarterback taking Kirk Cousins in a pass-first offense now yeah. will be like 14th. So you can get confidence. I think Lance with the upside is going to be... He's like the perfect example for this exercise of like firework. It's just... If if the, the boom would be so beautiful and spectacular, it's probably going to be worth it. Okay. With that said, who do you guys want to do next? I want to do a guy on this on, on Danny Heifetz's New York Giants. I want to talk about Kadarius Tony, who, in my mind, you know, he was kind of the opposite of Trey Lance, where I, I thought he was fantastic, but he was just in the worst spot and had an incredibly unlucky rookie season. He had terrible coaching, an awful scheme, a quarterback who was all over the place, a backup quarterback who came in who was even worse, Mike Glennon. So Kadarius Tony was a rookie last year. And I think he had just about as unlucky a rookie season as you could have. I wanted to run through like how everything started. He was placed on the team's COVID list to start a training camp. Then he missed the rest of training camp with a hamstring injury. Uh, he started to take off. Week four and five was like his coming out party. He had a great game against the Saints. And then he had that big game against Dallas. He had like 10 mm-hmm. catches, 189 yards, and literally looked like Antonio Brown. He looked like... <laughs> he just top... moves different from everyone he run, else. He, he runs like Tyree Kill with the lateral speed. He's yeah. remarkable. And I remember watching that game being like, I don't care what anybody says going on. I don't care what he does for the rest of the season. He could break his leg tomorrow. I know this guy's really good. And if he's in the right situation, this guy is a top 10 receiver in the league. So he basically got hurt the rest of the year. He hurt his quad. He hurt his oblique. He was having another great game against the Rams and he hurt his ankle and had to leave. And it's like this guy had Joe Judge and Jason Garrett running his team. Daniel Jones and Mike Glennon were throwing him the football. And albeit, I don't, one of my big 
uh, pillars that I try to, to to follow in fantasy football is like, don't just don't draft receivers who have shitty quarterbacks. So that is the only <laughs> reason why Kadarius Tony's like, well, not perfect for me. But obviously, look, we've got a, a brand new scheme here with Brian Dayball um, coming in as the head coach. And if you look at, there's, a, I, I won't bore you guys on the numbers, but all the sticky stats, the yards per route run, the, mm -hmm. the target share, the translation of all of that is when, when he was on the field, when he ran routes, people threw the ball to him. And when they threw him the ball, he often made good shit happen. Yeah. Um, and he was barely used. So there's a lot of mouths to feed kind of in New York. There's like a lot of vagueness. They drafted Wandale Robinson, a receiver in the second round. There's still Sterling Shepard coming off an Achilles. They have Darius Slayton there, Kenny Galladay. You know, they have obviously Saquon Barkley. But I think talent-wise, he has the ability to rise and the cream can separate. And he will be, and could be, I don't know, uh, the next... Tyreek in the league. DK, yeah. I am biased. But if, since we're <laughs> right. doing the firework here, look, the bust, I could talk about why he could bust. But we're doing the firework thing. If Kadarius Tony stays healthy, because he's never really stayed healthy since he was in college. If he stays healthy, your favorite word when you're scouting DK, or my favorite word to use, is sudden. Mm -hmm. Players who are sudden. And can just the movement change. Can you... Can you give me your top five sudden players when everyone's at full health in the NFL? Because I oh, feel like Darius Tony is in the top five. Put me on the spot here. Uh, Tyree Kill, certainly extremely, extremely uh, sudden. I would say Tony is definitely up there. Let me just pull up a list of freaking receivers. Waddle, I'm sure, is there. Waddle is pretty sudden. I'd say Debo. Which, which basically I'm going to say like is tag. Sudden. It's kind of like guys that would be difficult to catch in a game of tag. Like Lamar Jackson is sudden. Tyreek, guys that you just, oh, yeah. it's not Jackson. just speed, straight line. It's Insane guys where if you were locked in a miss. bedroom with them, you still couldn't catch them because they're so shifty. <laughs> and that yes. is what, I'm telling you, just, who, if you're listening right now, go on YouTube and watch this game against Dallas. And so, while DK's doing that, the thing you left out of that timeline, Craig, is that Tony's kind of a space cadet. I think my, the defining Tony story for me is that his first Giants practice, he showed up, he signed a deal with an apparent, like a, a shoe company, and his shoes, so he wouldn't wear other shoes. And the cleats he brought were the wrong size. So his first practice as a giant, he was running routes in socks. That was literally his introduction to the team. <laughs> and then, you know, Incredible. week one, he gets like two, he plays eight snaps or something, gets like no targets. And he tweets like, you know, he called it lame that he wasn't getting the ball. It, just it like was a bunch lame. Of, well, <laughs> but like it just, it, it, <laughs> if he figures it out. He also punched the guy. He punched easily... Devontae Casey on the field and got ejected from that game in Dallas. <laughs> Dude, Tony, he's chaos. He's a fire chaos. plug. I like him. <laughs> like, he is... The Giants, for all their awfulness over the last 10 years, 100 losses in 10 years, they had Odell and Saquon, who, when they were peak and healthy, were two of the most incredible football players the last 10 years. Tony looked that class of caliber when he was healthy. I 100% agree. And I mean, so on a look, team that's probably going to double their touchdowns, DK, what, what's like, what's a reasonable place to be betting on him, though, at a point where you don't feel like you're giving up too much to bet on the upside for a guy that once forgot to bring cleats that fit to a football practice? Well, I think, I, honestly, like, so I'm just going to look at his ADP right now. His ADP is, let's get ADP see. here at fantasyfootball.theringer.com, where you can see all of our fantasy rankings. We have Tony, we have him at 99. Yeah. Which feels fit because we're, we're above ADP right now. His his overall ADP uh, half PPR. What I'm looking at here on Fantasy Pros is 115. He's the wide receiver 46. I think all the risks are baked into that and more. Like that to me is a value already. So I'm willing to take him quite a bit higher. And um, I think it also his, makes sense. The Giants are trying to do more quick passing this year. So even though Kenny Galladay is getting paid like the number one receiver, 
Tony's the guy that makes the most sense for to probably lead the team in targets and catches. They're also probably going to pass a lot more. Like if you look at Dayball's, you know, what he did with the Bills, the way that they spread things out, the way that they were really pass heavy, really aggressive. Um, I could see him doing that. You know, and Craig alluded to this, but like when you look at his, he had 2.2 yards per route run, I think, as a rookie, which is, you know, Jamar Chase was the only extremely, other extremely, extremely efficient. Yeah. Like, and he, and I, and I, I'm looking at a tweet um, from Joy McFarland, and like he is an elite, like rarefied air territory among first and second round receivers to average two plus yards per round. Well, we got to give context to those numbers. That Cowboys game Craig's talking about, everyone was hurt in the Giants. Everybody except him. And I'm I'm not exaggerating. The other guys playing in those games are like special teamers. And so even though the Cowboys kind of knew everything was going to him, he still was getting open, which I, th- I he thought was burning was particularly Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. And 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 honestly, like, you know, Galladay, I think Kenny Galladay is probably gonna be a little bit bigger part of the offense this year, but Soaring Shepard is coming off an Achilles. He might not even be playing. Uh Wandell Robinson is a rookie and he's like five foot seven. Like Tony could be the number one receiver in this offense immediately. And I would draft the Giants straight up over Kenny Galladay. He did yeah. not have a touchdown last year, and I do think that even though we say you're probably going to score touchdowns, when you don't score, it sticks in your mind, and you're not able to put a player higher up than, like, 99. You know what I mean? It's like there's a certain fear of drafting a guy 70th who didn't score a touchdown last year, but realistically, you'll probably get three by the end of week two. And I can't yeah. stress okay. it's this enough. He was barely used. He ran an average of 20 routes during the nine games he played in 2021. Like, he just, like, barely played. And yeah, every he time he was on the, the field, he was great. Guy. Part of that was on him. <laughs> You know, well, if you bring I, shoes, you play. Okay, yeah, maybe that's true. But, like, I'm a little bit more confident in Dayball than Joe Judge and, and Jason yeah. Garrett. Yeah. I really believe the Giants double their touchdowns. I'm not just saying that. It's literally, they were last, and if they double it, they'll be average. Everything about Tony is just so hard to, like, pin down. And, and like, going he's back to He's the definition of, like, a sexy pick. Like yeah. He's the boom bust. He's the boom bust guy. I, I would argue he's easily the most boom bust player in the entire... I think we... This is Certainly a receiver. So Trey Lance and yeah. him. Yeah. Um, I mean, going back to his college career, he was like, a, he started out as a quarterback. He was labeled an athlete for part of his time there. Um, his final season that he played at Florida, when it was him and Kyle Pitts, like he was one of the best receivers in the country. Like he was doing some insane stuff. But at the same time, he's just like, and I, I'll just keep saying that he's just like chaos walking. Like everything about him is chaotic. Even like his movement is chaotic. It's just like half the time he's running, he's just like falling and trimming down because he's just so explosive. It's like he can't even keep up with himself. Um, so, you know, obviously I think he's got that incredible, incredible upside, but the reason his ADP isn't higher is because he's so chaotic and people just really don't trust him right now. And so um, that's just kind of like the balance you have to take. But I'm actually... Like we're ahead of ADP on him. I think we're really bullish on him. Like you guys going to be even higher. That upside. Our next yeah. rankings that come out, he's going to be even higher. If I, if he's <laughs> healthy and is on the field, I honestly don't see a world in which he's not a top twenty wide receiver. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits. LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only, exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. DK, so, all right, Craig has Kadir's Tony. I have Trey Lance. DK, give us uh, a firework guy. Eh, yada, yada on the bust. What if he booms? Okay, so sticking with the same, I think, like, theme, Travis Etienne from the Jags Ooh. is, to me, like, one of the biggest boom-bust players in that you can draft this year. The upside is incredible. The upside is, like, high-end running back one, I think, honestly. Um, so a top-ten running back. Top five. I mean, even like top six, maybe. Like, like honestly, just the way that they the, they utilize him, he's one of a few running backs in the league that has actual three down potential. Um, he's you're saying that, top six. This is a guy that we basically have. I mean, we're having top seventy, and you're saying top seven. Well, guy, correct. But there's a lot, and it's same with what, everything we've talked about here. There's a lot of downside too. There's a there's a lot of risk. James Robinson is still around. You know, he's coming off an Achilles tear on December 26th. So he was injured really yeah. late in the season, um, but he's already running around. <laughs> so he's just kind of like hanging out, lingering in the background, like sort of making me nervous. I love that I Achilles injuries just don't matter in the NFL. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I think but, they do. I think no, they no, do. No. And that's why I'm high on it. No, I'm no, saying no, no, like, no. I, like he's back and running around. It's been like seven that, months. No, we're not doing this. The Rams have like the lead one of the Rams are in Los Angeles at like UCLA Medical Center with like the Rams probably have one of the, if not the best medical team in the entire league and also have LA as a base for their medicine. I have a feeling the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer were not exactly putting James Rob. <laughs> I guess he had been fired by the time he got hurt, but I feel like the Jaguars are not uh on the same level with their medical team is my hunch. Well it's also a different the Jacksonville injury. residents are gonna come after you. You're saying their medical program's not up to snuff? Uh, I'm saying, yeah, actually, I am. Reputation-wise. So yeah, I'm saying that. Careful what you say, Hives. But uh, yeah, no, I think, generally speaking, though, like I'm not too worried about Robinson just because um, I think the Akers thing is still an extreme, extreme outlier. And even when you look at what Akers did when he came back, like he wasn't very good. So I don't think Robinson's going to be a big part of this picture. I think... The best way to look at ETN is like he's essentially DeAndre Swift. He's on a bad team. They're going to be playing from behind a lot. There's going to be a lot of pass-heavy scripts. He's going to he's going to get a lot of dump-offs and, and be utilized in the passing game a lot. I saw this from Nate Liss. Um, Trevor Lawrence had a league-high 11.3 checkdown rate last year. And by the way, they're college teammates, so they've got that built-in chemistry. They have that built-in like trust with each other. Lawrence knows where he's going to be, knows how to lead him like correctly, um, knows his speed and all that stuff. So like you have that built-in, hit-the-ground-running type of thing. The list-rank injury that ETN had last year, I think, is also holding down his, AT his ADP and kind of like stifling some of the excitement around him. Um, because list, list frank injuries can be really bad, like long term, it can kind of like take away your explosiveness or whatever. But, you know, and again, this is unscientific, but like you watch some of these videos coming out of him running around. He does not look slow. Um, I've seen beat <laughs> I reports. I that though. If you look slow when you're running on, you know how big of a problem it would be if you're running in shorts and you look slow? I mean, there's been a plenty of videos where guys are like, like they post something. And it's like, oh, look at how fast he's. And then everyone's like, uh, he looks slow. I feel fuck, like dude. this is my least favorite genre. It's kind of like when NBA players just kind of post up like, hey, they're working on a new shot and we're in the gym. And I'm like, what? I imagine everything Ben Simmons has ever done on yeah, exactly. social media. 
It's like, are you going to post all the bricks? But I, I agree think, with you overall. I think Travis judging, Etienne getting hurt so early Judging is really by like one Twitter video or whatever, IG video is 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 one thing. But like the beat reports out of, of Jag's camp have said like unanimously that he looks explosive. He looks fast. It's, it doesn't really look like he's coming off an injury. So that's your, really productive and positive. Wasn't your pre... I'm trying to remember your pre-draft comparison for Travis Etienne was coming to Clemson. Was it like Alvin Kamara-esque? Um, that's a good question. Let me just pull it up. Um, all I know is he would, so like, if you go back to his college tape, cause obviously we didn't see him play last year. Um, he is one of the most explosive athletes like to come out of college football in a long time. Like, and, and going back to what we were talking about earlier, like he's incredibly, incredibly sudden, like his acceleration from stop to, to like top speed is, is really, really impressive. So I compared him to, uh, Darren McFadden just because of his running, like, gate more but like if you remember mcfadden was like a 4-3 guy really explosive bigger back um i don't know if that's like exactly what you're going for like if you're talking about like fantasy upside i'm just talking about more like stylistically running style but um going back to etn's college career good pass catcher incredible touchdown creator like he had 78 touchdowns in four seasons he was just scoring touchdowns in <laughs> every that game a record 78 play- in four seasons uh, I don't know. Oh, probably. No, I guess that was Wisconsin. Um, is definitely up there. Uh, but he's like a big play threat, explosive, really good in space. Um, I like kinda, what DK said about DeAndre Swift. About yeah, think about what DeAndre Swift did last year, and even he was battling through injuries, and that could be what Travis Etienne does this year. Right now, DeAndre Swift is going 16th overall in drafts, and right now Etienne <laughs> is going 49th. We usually yeah. do an episode uh, later on in the offseason, and we will this year called Name Brand Off Brand where we tell you a, a cheaper player that you can get who will deliver the results of a much more expensive player. Travis Etienne and DeAndre Swift seem like a very perfect name brand off-brand. Yeah, Etienne's just the Kirkland brand of DeAndre Swift. Arbitrage. Yeah, also, I arbitrage love Arbitrage is a very boring word, DK. No one wants to click, no one wants to listen to the Name brand off-brand, sorry. Okay, yeah. Kirkland. Uh, knock off Gucci slides. No, people want a deal. People want discounts. That's what people want. Everyone, like, like it, it doesn't matter what it costs. He's like, $4 off. Oh my God. We should do Fantasy Black Friday or something like that. That's actually yeah. a good idea. We should, wow, I found out about this store actually, that's in the Seattle area that's like, you just buy these random boxes of stuff. It's like a surprise what's in there. And it's all a bunch of like things that have been either discontinued or like deep discount or whatever. It's like you just go and buy these surprise things. And it's like, I really want to go to this place. That's, you, that's ETN. You know what I also love? I don't know if the numbers back this, so all the fantasy nerds can come after me if, they, if it doesn't. But like, I love when... I, I want if you're going to get a running back on a team that sucks, he needs to be a pass catching running back. If you have Josh Jacobs 100%. and the Raiders suck, it doesn't matter how good Josh Jacobs is because they're never going to be in the lead, so they're never going to run the ball. Etn is great because the Jags can be down twenty every game, and he's just going to rack up touches and snaps and catches high value touches, especially in half PPR and PPR. Yeah, too. I, I think this is a really good one. Okay, so we've got Trey Lance at quarterback, we got Travis Etn at running back, we've got Kadarius Tony at receiver. Does anyone die to do one next? I could do uh, my boy Gabe Dave. Our boy Gabe Dave. <laughs> I love Gabe Dave. <laughs> Gabriel Never Dave. So this is the early. easiest firework case of all time. <laughs> yeah, go watch the Chiefs game in the playoffs last year. And, Wait, and you can we just read his stat line? Do you yeah, have it, Craig, from the Bills Chiefs playoff game? Yeah, he had eight catches for 201 yards and four touchdowns in the playoffs against the Chiefs. And he didn't catch his first pass, I think, until the second quarter. Um, and his third <laughs> touchdown is nuts. You should watch it. He made the Chiefs quarterback oh, the guy literally fall, fall down. down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that Gabe Dave in that game was the one where I realized he's just larger than I thought he was. Like, he looked physically imposing in a way I don't think I'd ever appreciated. 
Yeah, he's a great size. Uh, and the man is just a touchdown machine. He has He's only played 37 games, including the playoffs, and he has 18 touchdowns. So he's essentially just averaging a, t- a touchdown every other game. So he's entering year three. Uh, his rookie and sophomore season were pretty much the same. But he was, like, clearly the number three on the team, if not the number four. They had Emmanuel Sanders, who is now gone. They had uh, Cole Beasley, who is now gone. They brought in Jamison Crowder. Uh, the coaching staff, obviously Dayball's gone. doesn't matter. Ken Dorsey is now the OC. He was the quarterback's coach for years. He, the one thing about Gabe Davis, he's not, he's not really cheap. He's pretty much ranked around the wide receiver, 22, 23, 24 in drafts, which is like, we have him 66th overall. Right. And that we're honestly, I think a little bit low. It's a big premium on where he finished last year. I think the difference is he's literally the first receiver. I think in NFL history to have 200 yards. Or sorry, he's the first receiver in NFL history to four touchdowns in a playoff game. Yeah, and like, you know, it's a little bit of like a tale of two halves for Gabe, Gabe Dave. The first two-thirds of the year last year, he just was barely on the field. He ran 30% of the routes. And then after that, he got like a full-time role and then saw 20% of the team's targets. So like, basically, first half of the year, he just wasn't playing much. And then the second yeah. half of the year, when they decided to play him, he was getting open a lot and Josh Allen was throwing to him. Now he has more opportunity than he's ever had. He can be like the surefire number two and this offense that throws more than anybody, this is the perfect scheme. Yeah. He's in year three, which is like typical wide receiver takeoff year. He's got the best QB in the league, arguably. Like, there's a lot going for this guy uh, this year. DK, I think here's my question. Do you remember, like, when was it two years ago, three years ago, that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both finished top 10 receiver? I think they both finished top five. Mm-hmm. Is that basically the scenario for Gabe Davis that the Bills' offense basically... It's not Gabe Dave overtakes Diggs or whatever. It's not like it's always four touchdowns, but it's more like Stefan Diggs is 1A, but Gabe Dave is actually Gray's 1B in this offense. Right. And then he's vacuum basically in all the scenarios where the Bills are like, we're going to guard stuff, or the, sorry, the teams playing the Bills are like, we're going to try to lock down Diggs and we're going to let Gabe Dave beat us, but he can. And he just right. kind of along That's what with happened in the playoffs. Season. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so if that continues, like, is it crazy to think Gabe? I know it sounds nuts, but he's not as good as Chris Godwin, but. If Godwin and Mike Evans are both top five and the Bills are one of the most passive teams, why couldn't the Cooper Cup scenario from a year ago, like couldn't Gabe Davis just also be a top six receiver with Stephon Diggs? Yeah. The same I mean, it's certainly in the realm of possibility. I think uh, Gabe Dave and Evans is a good comparison because Evans in a lot of seasons, at least has been like super touchdown dependent, maybe not as many targets, maybe not as much volume, but he's just so good down the field. He's so, he scores so many touchdowns that like every year he's just really valuable. Um, I'm not saying I'm not putting Gabe Dave on the same level. And I don't know if you've actually said his real name this entire time. We're talking about Gabriel Davis. From oh the yeah. Bills, sorry. By Gabriel the way. Davis, our beloved Gabe <laughs> Dave. Also, he keeps um, saying ADP, which is average draft position while we're explaining yeah. things. Um, Wait, quick pop quiz. Do you guys know how old Gabe, da- our beloved Gabriel Davis is? He's 23, I think. He turned Pretty 23 young. like like a couple months ago. Yeah, He's I think really he came young. into the league really young. And that's the other thing too is, you know, a lot of receivers nowadays are breaking out really early. But this is, but typically those guys are early round picks, first or second round picks. Gabe They're Davis guys who f- got opportunity. Right. He has, like, uh, my argument is that Gabriel Davis doesn't even really need to improve. He just needs to be on the field. I think that's 100% true. Um, it's going to, like, the snaps are going to come this year, and the production is, like, almost automatically going to come with it just because he's on the field. Um, he's also, like, and Craig, you said it, He's he scores in a ton of touchdowns. It's because he's a really good deep threat. He was a really good deep threat in college. Um, you know, he's got the size. He's got the the deep threat ability. He's not 
speaking of sudden, he's not particularly sudden, like in the short area, but he has really good deep speed to build up, get over the defense. He's got big frame, big catch radius. Um, and that's why he's a big play threat. And so again, going back to like the, the Godwin and Evans comp to like Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis. I'm not going to say Gabriel Davis is as good as Mike Evans. I don't, I don't think that's true, but I think stylistically the two of them in terms of like their roles in the offense are pretty similar. Evans is going to be the deep play threat guy that the end zone threat He's going to score a lot of touchdowns probably, but Steph Diggs is going to have way more volume probably because he's playing in the slot more. Um, and he's just like more of a complete receiver, but I like that comp a little bit. And in terms of like, if you want to picture like the total upside of what he could bring this year, what Gabriel Davis could bring this year. And big picture, what we're talking about is a guy that could join the upper echelon of number two receivers on his own team. And you're thinking about other, just for context, I know it's July and everyone's looking at rankings. So to give people a real refresher, Keenan Allen is a consensus top 30 player in the Chargers. Mike Williams, we got him like 50. But then you've got like T. Higgins, who's the number two receiver in the Bengals. Jamar Chase is a top 10, top five guy everywhere. But T. Higgins is also in the top 30. That's a number two receiver. Jalen Waddle for the Dolphins is like number two behind Tyreek Hill, but he's still a top 30, top 40 guy. We're talking about Gabe Dave as a guy that could join that group, but is going 20, 30 spots later. Yeah. It might be better than that. I think people are wise. still anchored. Well, number one, he didn't play that much the first two seasons. So that's a big kind of red flag, I guess. Um, but people are also anchored to the fact that he was a fourth round pick. So generally speaking, those guys don't pan out at very high lo- uh, a very high rate. And so, you know, maybe people just don't believe. But I think we've been we've been big Gabe Day proponents going back the last couple of years. And I think this is the year that he really kind of comes onto the scene and, also, and shows out. Buffalo hasn't exactly stacked the receiving group around him to hide him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They drafted Khalil Shaker in like the fifth. They brought in Jamison Crowder, who's a slot guy. And that's kind of it. Like there's not a ton going on. I would be surprised yeah. if he's not the starting number two guy on the offense. I don't think okay. any, I don't think either Sh- uh, Shaker or, uh, Jamison Crowder have like any bearing on Gabe Dave. Like no. he's gonna play. Yeah. Same, same vein though for number two guy. I mentioned Mike Williams earlier. That's the other one. Shout out Craig, who loved Mike Williams last year. This one is also <laughs> kind of like Gabe Dave is not a hypothetical Gabe Dave did it for a game, or like, what if that was his role for all season? Mike Williams straight up was the number one receiver in fantasy through five weeks last year. Literally, number yeah. one, Cooper Cup was number two through week five. He was just going nuclear I was week. drunk with ecstasy. Week five, the Sunday <laughs> night pod, I remember just coming in and I was like, Craig's I, rolling. I, I can't believe what's going on right now. I need to be medicated. <laughs> through week five, so, you know, entering week six, if you had just prorated Mike Williams' season to a whole year, he would have had 1,600 yards and 20 touchdowns. Nice. Man. You know what's funny is I totally thought about selling. It was week five, and I was like, I should trade this man. He's so, de- he's not going to be the best wide receiver in the league this year, and <laughs> he was not. It was purposeful because basically, what Mike in his own words, he wanted to flip the script because Mike Williams felt like he'd always been perceived as a deep threat guy, which he was, and he wanted to do like in-breaking routes, like honestly, routes more associated probably Keenan Allen or like the Michael Thomas role in the Saints offense because Joe Lombardi worked for the Saints and you know helps with the Chargers now. But like he started helps with doing the Chargers. He's yeah, the yeah, he works for the Chargers. I don't know. Yeah, he just assists the volunteers. He cleans up after practice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like Kit Man, like Nate and Ted Lasso. Uh, but Michael Thomas wanted to be like the complete receiver, and he got and he did it for like six weeks. And then you, you mean Mike Williams? Did I say Mike? Th- There's a lot of Mikes. Okay, yeah, Mike yeah. modeling after Mike. It's like being like Mike. I don't know. Anyway, he did it. And then defenses, I felt kind of basically were like, actually, we're more scared of Mike Williams than Keenan Allen. So even the Keenan Allen's the number one. They were like, give Keenan Allen the six-yard catch. I don't care. We don't want Mike Williams to get the ball. Having said that, going into the season, 
it's not what if Mike Williams is really good. It's what if the Chargers basically figure out how to tweak their offense to continue to get Mike Williams the ball through the whole season instead of just the first third of the season. They gave Mike Williams the extension two years, $40 million. So the fact that Mike Williams is like top 40, top 50 guy, it's like, are we just pretending he wasn't number one through the first third of the year? Yes. Yeah, but we're also aware, acutely aware of the fact that he's been, he's had issues with injuries throughout his career um, and an incredible amount of inconsistency. So I think that's all baked in. Also, there is a direct correlation. I check his stats. The games where Mike, I mean, again, I get this, but like the games when they shut down Mike Williams, the Chargers usually lost. Mm. There you go. Is this the year that Mike Williams is the number one on that team? Like, Heifetz, you were saying that, essentially. That's, with that's Ke- basically Keenan where Allen, I'm going, like, yeah. Yeah, Keenan Allen's starting to fade a little bit. He's getting older. I think he's over 30 years old now, or he's close. Is he 30 yet? He uh, he's is. Close. Tw- he is 30. Okay. Um, and, Disgusting you know, age. They also it's structured like the Mike Justin Williams' Jefferson contract to not Thielen upset thing. Keenan Allen. What? They gave, Ke- they gave him, like, Keenan Allen's money minus, like, a half percent to make Keenan Allen not mad. But, like, even that seems like a signal that they know Mike Williams is the guy, but they don't want to admit it. So I just think that's really it. It's basically Keenan Allen. We're talking about Kirkland, not that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are the same guy or the same style of player. But if you want the Kirkland brand Keenan Allen, it just could be Mike Williams, honestly. So I, I like him a lot this year. I think Craig was right about him last year, but I think this year somehow he's still underrated. Because he's he another just, one of those guys where when you watched him in his first four years of his career, like, every time they threw him the ball, you were just like, I, that guy's better than his numbers show. Like, he, I, he's just yes. good. You just need to exactly. learn how to fall down. Yes, he just kept he getting injured because he would just like go sky up for a catch and just land directly on his shoulder. That's the Chase Claypool disease, the inability <laughs> to catch and continue <laughs> to run. He just falls like a baby like, deer being born. Man, be careful out there. Okay. We got one more here. DK. Yeah. So Heifetz, you've been you've been all over this, I think, pretty much all offseason, but Cortland Sutton to me feels like a guy that could just really just go nuclear this year. Obviously. Um, I think Jerry Judy is also going to be a good fantasy producer, but Sutton to me reminds me of like playing the same role of like a DK Metcalf in the Russell Wilson passing game. And again, we've talked about this multiple times over the last few weeks. Like this may end up just being the Russell Wilson offense again. It's not necessarily going to be like this whole new thing. It's going to be deep shots down the sideline, play action shots deep. And that's kind of what we get from Russell Wilson. And of course, he's like incredibly, incredibly efficient, incredibly, incredibly accurate down the field. Um, I pulled up some of the numbers from the last few years. Russell Wilson, moonshot king. Uh, Russell Wilson, deep passing touchdowns. In 2021, he had nine, which is fourth most. And he only played 14 games. In 2020, he had 14, which is second most. 2019, uh, 12, which was second most. And that's deep touchdowns. So that's touchdowns of 20 plus yards downfield. Um is it going to surprise either of you whatsoever if Cortland Sutton just scores 10 touchdowns this year? He could lead the league in touchdowns. Like, Russell Wilson's so, so good at deep passing, and especially, like, down the sideline. Um, and I think that's going to be Sutton's role in this offense. Um, Wilson's also pretty prolific when it comes to, like, yardage downfield, so it's not like he's just going to be completely boomer bust relying on a touchdown. He's essentially off-brown DK Metcalf in like what, what the Russell Wilson offense that we're going to imagine here for Denver. Um, I feel like Sutton's going to have half of DK's speed, like like half of DK Metcalf's frame, and then half of Tyler Lockett's connection with Russell Wilson. Right, and there's always there's already like a lot of uh, reports from beat reporters and things like that out of training camp, out of OTAs and all that that Sutton has great rapport with Russell Russell Wilson already. Um, and so I don't know, like I, I'm not saying. 
I'm not saying an either or with Sutton or Judy because I actually like both of these guys this year. But I just think Sutton has like an immense upside this year to be like to get back on track with his career. Because if you go back to 2019, the dude had 72 catches, 1100 plus yards with Joe Fa- Joe Flacco and Drew Locke at quarterback. And That's he was like we, really good like, deep like, down the field. Allen Robinson was that guy who's always had a terrible quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. And now to a degree, it's kind of Terry McLaurin because we're talking about how Carson Wentz is the best quarterback he's ever had. Cortland Sutton's right there. He's just not famous yet. He's not really, I, I mean, he's, I wouldn't say he's famous at all. I feel like even in fantasy football, he's not particularly famous. But the Broncos offense, I mean, we're talking about the worst five-year stretch really in the last 50 years of Denver Broncos football. Arguably, the last five years are the worst five seasons in a row the Broncos have ever had. I think in any other world, the, the number one receiver in the Broncos is pretty famous. And I think Cortland Sutton is in position in real life and in fan. Like Trey Lance is going to be famous in real life, but he's going to be good in fantasy probably much easier. I think Cortland Sutton's the guy on this whole list that's most easily positioned to be really famous in real life and recognized as a great receiver and also just be a fantasy steal at the same time. You're convincing me, both of you, because I, I, I kind of came into this having no opinions on Cortland Sutton. He's kind of been irrelevant. I can't believe he's played four years in the league. It doesn't, like, I almost exactly. have no memory of him playing football. Like, I, I can't even really picture him because he's pretty much just had one of his four seasons have been relevant, and that was three years ago. But right, I have to come around to the fact that this Denver team is going to look a lot different, and I still think we probably are all underestimating Russell Wilson's impact, much like we are overestimating how DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are just going to still be okay. Um, I think you're right. Sutton, for all we know, should probably be drafted like 13th overall because I don't know why he wouldn't put up those Joe Flacco, Drew Lock numbers times two. Sutton, this is, uh, if you, if you're looking at Sutton's career, like he had 700 yards receiving as a rookie, which is pretty damn good. All things considered. He, he exploded, busted on the scene as a sophomore, second year. And then he tore his ACL, I think, in the first week of 2020. Missed the entire season almost. And then he came back last year. And, of course, Denver's passing game was like kind of a clusterfuck. He wasn't great, but you could see him start as the season went on. You could kind of see him start to get like his feet back under him. And I think this is like, Craig, weren't you the one that was saying this? Like you want guys like two years off of their major injury? The Clay Thompson theory, the year (laughs) after, the year after. Yeah, so this is that year for Sutton, I think. Um, it's, I think it's the injury Saquon, really derailed. Dak, and this is the third guy. It's Sa- We've been looking for the third guy on this list. The yeah. year after the year after the injury. It's Saquon, Dak, and Cortland Sutton. So, I don't know. I'm just like, the more I think about it, the more he fits that role that just is a perfect fit with Russell Wilson. And um, it's not that I don't like the other guys in this offense. I just think he in particular is going to have a good connection with Wilson and, and is going to score a lot of touchdowns. The irony of this is that his name's Sutton, and we've been saying like guys are Sutton. He's not like a Sutton <laughs> player, but no. he's a Sutton player. Fantasy is so funny because by the by the end of the offseason, by the end of all of our prep, I end up loving so many late round guys. So like I don't even want to draft any first round players. I'm just like, all I want is just like a bunch <laughs> of sleepers who I think are gonna go off who could all be great values. Like, why would I draft anybody in the first round? But I, I think just- the common denominator we have is that we like a lot of the receivers. And I think generally speaking, tell me if you guys are wrong, with lists like this. I, I still feel like the basically the way we are probably drafting, you'll see it exactly what you do in the first two, three picks or whatever, but you probably want a running back in your first two or three picks. And you, at least Not for me, me, I still really want to hit like <laughs> four receiver picks from like three to like nine. I kind of want five receivers on my team out of the first 10 picks. I want half my players to be receivers in my first 10 picks. Like you could not draft a wide receiver until the 60th pick and you could end up with your three receivers being Cortland Sutton, Allen Robinson, and Gabriel Davis. 
Basically, All three yeah. of those guys could be top 20 guys. Because we're trying to throw darts. Because again, the whole point we're doing this exercise for is that the guys that are trying to paint best case scenarios, some of them are going to hit. Last year was Cooper Cup hit. Jamar Chase was going in the 50s and hit his bet, literally the best rookie season, or, you know, depending on your count, the 17th game. And then um, Debo Samuel hit. And you want to just throw as many darts as you can at these guys and hit. Because we don't know who it's going to be. But you're going to get between one and four receivers are going to have the best version of their season. And if you hit that, you're so much more likely... You're borderline guaranteed to make the playoffs such a better shot at making the, you know, not... There's, there's more upside, Cup, but, but... There's also the chance you miss. It's like do, trying to do a parlay, you know? It's Yeah, exactly. But when you're starting off, in a, especially in a snake draft, which is designed to kind of be egalitarian and like, you know, with the auto draft, it's like everyone's teams sometimes look more or less the same. You want to gamble on the guys that are going to give you, you know what I mean? Like the best chance overall to win. And you want to raise your risk profile as you go later in the draft. That's why I think Kadarius Tony's great one. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. So the list of, of boom bust guys, the firework guys, We've got Trey Lance, a quarterback for the 49ers, Travis Etienne for the Jaguars, a running back, and then we got four receivers. We've got Kadarius Tony for the Giants, a receiver. I like that. Mike Williams for the Chargers. we got Cortland Sutton for the Broncos, Gabe Day for the Bills. If you had to pick one of these guys to pop, not like to beat, the, but basically one of these guys, if I told you four months from now, or whatever the season is, six months from now, one of these guys did hit their absolute best case scenario. Who do you think it would be? It's most likely. Forget like value. Who do you think is most likely to deliver the best fantasy case scenario? Most likely to deliver? Most likely, yes. That's not, <laughs> I'm not talking about value. I'm talking about where they hit. I'm talking most likely to deliver the, their ceiling. So for example, Kadarius Tony is probably the best value on here because the cheapest. But I don't. Think but I'm not saying it's most likely because he's never played like a full. Because he's a healthy chaos season walking. Yeah. I'm gonna. He's pick, never played a full healthy season of football, so I think he's not the most likely to deliver. I'm gonna pick Cortland Sutton. It, yeah, it's going to come down to either him or Gabriel Davis for me, just because Davis is in that elite offense with an elite quarterback, and he's got that number two role pretty much locked in. I think. Um, but yeah, Sutton, similar similar deal. And, and I guess maybe the only the only reason I put him a little bit lower is because we don't exactly know what the Broncos offense is going to look like. We don't know what Wilson's going to look like in that offense. We pretty much know what Josh Allen's going to do. I think Who would you say? This is not even the question I asked. The first thought I had was Trey Lance is the most like, like if you draft Trey Lance, he's going to be like, if he's playing, I feel like he's he playing, he's going to score a lot of points passable. Yeah. I, I feel like it's tough because Trey Lance's ceiling is like number one fantasy quarterback. And I kind of don't want to say he's most likely to do that. But the fact that Trey Lance is going to play, I feel like he's just the guy that if you take, you're going to be like, wow, I feel like it's probably Lance. The thing about Lance is he's, I think he's going to have a little bit of like, well, I don't know. I was going to say he's going to have a little bit of Tebow in him where it's like, don't watch the game, just check the box score. <laughs> like, he's yes, going I to think need, that's exactly it. He's going to need to rack up 10, 12, 14 carries every game, and that might not obviously happen until like well into the fourth. So there's going to be a lot of like, Trey Lance has six points at halftime, and you're like, just wait. He needs a rushing touchdown, and you'll be saved. It's a garbage time king. It's like Hurts uh, from last year. Right. Or two years ago. Yeah, don't watch him play. It's like Blake Bortles. Yeah, exactly. Bortles, Jalen Hurts, the garbage time all-stars. Okay, you guys want to do some a uh, couple of emails? Sure. Yeah. All right, it's an email from Mitchell. 
Mitch. 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 Good day, Blue Stones. No, I can't do the accent. <laughs> I have a bone to pick with the pronunciation police on the show. Well, uh -oh. Heifetz is often roasted for not being able to say penalty. Penalty. Hmm. Penalty. Okay, can you? And right, he says, and rightfully so, I get. Yeah, um, right, very rightfully so. That. Mitch says, it's time to shine a light on another repeat offender. DK consistently says he is weary as in tired when he means to say wary as in cautious. For example, in the <sighs> ranking draft value episode, DK says he is weary of running backs. And then later in the podcast, Heifetz says it correctly. So well done, Heifetz. Wow, great job. <laughs> Someone here knows how to get on the show because I'm the one who deals with the emails. Yeah, just butter up Heifetz. It says, DK, try remembering that O-lines need to be wary of DeMarcus Ware or that you need to be wary of letting your son stay up too late in case he gets weary. This, but, was, yeah. this was an alarming email to read for me because I absolutely know the difference between wary and weary. And I tried to go back and find it. I couldn't find it because I was like, I almost didn't believe that I was doing this. Um, but I'm just going to go ahead and believe it because Heifetz says he noticed it too. Um, I do. I don't know why I'm doing that. I don't know why I'm doing that. That's like I know the I know the definitions. I know the difference, and for some reason, I'm still saying the wrong word. Uh, it's mystifying. Maybe well, you also. I'm, uh, I don't know I'm going to do be the it. acronym police. You're always like ADP, and I'm like, just say draft position. It's the acronyms. Just you know, it's just no one likes acronyms. <laughs> All right, I'll try. Well, how else can we criticize DK? I'm a little mm. wary of doing that, Heifetz, uh, to be honest, because I it's a very common term that a lot of people use in the fantasy space, ADP. Uh, to be honest, this whole episode is making me grow weary. Oh. Yeah, it's 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 the 5th of July weekend. We could get out of here. Okay. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Um, Thanks, Mitch. Yeah, Thanks, thank Mitch. You, Mitch. Thank you, Trey Lance in advance. Um, thank you, uh, Freedom. Freedom's good. Fireworks. Yeah, fireworks. <laughs> Showing this guy his boss. Yeah. Did you guys see that uh, yesterday? Obviously, yesterday was July 4th, but it was the 10-year anniversary of when some, like, you know, firework committee in San Diego accidentally released every single firework at once. <laughs> Have you seen that video? Yeah, I've seen wow. that. It's crazy. <laughs> you can see a doctor for that. <laughs> it's like the most intense thing in the world. Oh, anyway, that check good. that out. <laughs> Can you put that in the episode description? No. Or should we just tweet that out? No, He's no, like, okay. no I'm not doing that. Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if you have funny fireworks stories from the weekend. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, those are <laughs> not I feel like actually, actually, you know what? Don't do that now that I say it. Don't Jason Pierre Paul is going to email us. Everyone keep your fingers. They're really scary. Agreed. Agreed. Goodbye. You, you didn't thank Lauren, first of all. Oh, well, Craig... Oh, shit. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> Lauren. Craig caught me off in the middle of it. I was like, thank you. And then Craig was like... So uh, thank you, Ludacris. I was gonna say Katy Perry. Yeah, we, I think that, that might have been like the first one you ever did was Katy yeah, Perry. Yeah, I know I've done Katy Perry before. I don't she invented know. Fireworks. I think I've probably mentioned Ludacris before too. Pop quiz: Do you guys actually know who invented fireworks? I don't. The Chinese. Yes. Nice. I believe it was the. Was it the Ming? I don't dynasty? know the specific era, but yeah, could be wrong. I think it was the Ming Dynasty. <laughs> I just remember being like a high schooler and being like, wow, what a cool thing to invent. Explosions. <laughs> amazing explosions. A high school amazing boy invention. thinks fireworks is cool? Weird. Uh, 200 BC, the Chinese unintentionally invented firecrackers by tossing bamboo into fire. But it took another thousand years before true fireworks came alive. Imagine being the people who figured that out. That must have been quite the time. It took another thousand years? It's crazy. I don't know if that was top of the list priority wise. Talk about top list. Did you? There's a thing. They got these new trees that they like can like solve um, huge swaths of hunger because they these trees, not new trees, but they're it's a tree that's existed forever that they're finding can grow in like all these places that like arid 
they don't need that much water. They don't even need good soil, but they can basically, the, the, the food doesn't taste that good, but you can basically make cooking oil out of it. So vegetable oil, olive oil, and then you could replace a lot of soybean production, which soybeans are a huge crop. Wait, does the tree bear fruit or no? It does. It doesn't What's taste great, tree? but you're going to try to feed it to cows, which is like, I think 40% of agriculture goes to livestock anyway. That's cool. So what's yeah, it's the called, tree? Uh, oh. Oh, you can't just like dangle that those facts and then not tell us the actual tree. Uh, hold, on, hold on one second. What do I Google? Uh, tree. It. No, I'll get it. I'll get That's it. That's a complicated Google. New, uh, newfound tree. No, I'll get it. It's not new. It's not a new tree. It's a brand new tree. <laughs> it's a company called Terviva. T E R V I V A. I was reading about it this morning. It's really crazy. And the tree is a busy morning. A, a pong, pongamia, P, pong like pong, A M I A. Interesting. Really interesting. Okay. Cool. All right. On that note, goodbye, everyone. Shout out. That's what I was trying to say. Thank you, Pomerius, for maybe saving the world. <laughs> goodbye. This episode is brought to you by Ugg. Y'all know Ugg is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think Ugg season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from Ugg. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at Ugg.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.